0: Welcome to, welcome to, welcome, welcome, welcome to, welcome to, welcome to, welcome, to, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mati faceted Show, the Mati faceted Show, the Ma Ma Mati faceted Show. Welcome back to another episode of the Faceted Show. Today's guest is super special and I'm going to give her a chance to introduce herself, let you know who she is and what she does.
1: Hey everyone, my name is Ari Hale. I'm a holistic business coach, so I focus on business development, but also the mindset behind growing your business and all the shit that comes up with growing your business and my team and I primarily focus on helping people of color grow their freelance and consulting businesses without the overwhelm and burnout.
0: I love it. Um, I love how <laughs> you approach everything. Like literally you lay it out right then and there on your website even. Like this is what we are about. This is what we're not about. Like, And I love that family is at the top. Because as a mama and as a single mama, that shit is important to me.
1: Like, Very. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, uh, I did enough of the whole like, this is my representative, right, in corporate, you know? So my whole thing is like, I'm not going to go in spend all this time building this company, this business, just to recreate that culture and that dynamic, you know, I'm just going to be myself and say what I need to say. And if you like it, great. And if not, you know, that's fine. There's look, we're not short on coaches. So you will find somebody who is the perfect fit for you. And it's okay. If that's not me, like, it's fine.
0: I love that. I love it so much. And I love that. Like, um, y'all gotta understand Ari don't just talk to She is this like she lives this like I see you you know referring other amazing women or saying you know such and such is great at this you should chat with them because it is that simple like there's space for all of us to eat we don't have to step on toes and heads and knock other women down and like right be horrible people just to win it actually yeah. kind of gets in the way of winning. Like, why can't we go together? Why can't we team the heck up and do this together?
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, and I'm by no means a perfect person. I don't claim to be ever at all. Like, you know, you've been hanging out with me on Twitter for a while. So you've seen good, the good, bad, the ugly, the great, you know? Um, but you know, and I've been on both sides of the coin. I've, you know, been the asshole and I've had people be an asshole to me. And, you know, the thing that I learned is that again, like you said, there's more than enough for us to eat. And I couldn't, number one, I couldn't take on every single client who came my way that would want to work with me. Not everyone who comes my way is a fit to work with me. Not everyone can afford to work with me. Some people hate the sound of my voice, they don't like how I explained things, cussing's a problem. You know, not everyone's going to like you and that's okay, but I would rather do my part and what I feel is a part of my mission to circulate that referral, that dollar whatever it is, in community, in network than, you know, let it go off to someone else who they might be a scammer, right? Or they're just not as good. You know, I'd rather make a referral to the people I know who, from what I see, they're doing a great job and, you know, go check them out, go see what they're about. And I'm always up front. If I can't help somebody, like I don't do anything with e-commerce and people come to me for e-commerce and I send them away. I redirect them. I'm like, I'm flattered, but I've never done anything with an e-commerce business. So like you, we don't even touch on that. There's no way that I would sit here and try to help you, especially if One of my values is integrity. Like, I can't, (laughs) I appreciate it, but I can't help you. And I think when you can keep it real with people and tell them no instead of just be so eager to take their money, they end up having more respect for you. Like, oh, that sucks, but you know what? I appreciate you because you could have, I was willing to give you my money and you could have just taken it. And you were real enough to say, like, this isn't for you. It's not for you.
0: Definitely. It is a reflection of how you do business you know, you're not in this just for money. Oh, hey, I'm going to take this and half-ass a job or leave myself confused of all something over nothing. So what I want to dive into is the story. Like, what is the story of Ari? How did you get to allergic to hourly? Like, I have been able to see things to a certain point, right? Because I am OG team, hell yeah, period. Like that is that is a thing because I said so. And it is accurate because I invested in PMEC and it was then that I knew that you were super authentic. Like, you know, I learned a lot from that. And then 2019, I was pregnant. Um, And when my child's father left, so much shifted in my life, so much changed, but coming back and seeing you thriving Mm. was like, holy shit, you can do this. Like there isn't shit in your way. Don't think that this is going to hinder you. It could help. And like, We're on the multifaceted show. So like, you know, I want to know the story of Ari and how you got to this point.
1: How far back do you want to go? How much time do we have? I love that. (sighs) Well, I guess I'll just kind of start like a little bit before I had my son. And so, gosh, I have to like think back because I'm 32 now, about to be 33. And I think I got started in the like internet marketing industry when I was about 23 or 24. And I have dyscalculia. So there's no way that I'm going to do math in my head. It's not going to happen. But around that time is when I got started and... I lived in Seattle and I was managing a medical device company. I did like a few million a year and I was making like 16 bucks an hour. And I remember being in the in my office because I finally got like my little office with my little window. You know, I can close my door, you know, the luxuries of the nine to five. Right. And it was like a summer day. And I remember being out there thinking like, damn, it's such a beautiful day. Like I wish I could go outside. And I was like, well, I could probably like take a lunch break, but that's just an hour. Like I want to leave. I want to like go to the lake or whatever, but I couldn't, I had to stay. And then I remember thinking like, oh shit, I have like 40 to 50 plus years of like wishing I could be outside when I can't. And then I was like, wait a minute. I have to be at work like 50 something weeks out of the year for the next 50 years and like request what I do with my time off or not get paid. And like I just started thinking I was like, "Mm, that's not going to work. I don't want that. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to figure something else out. I want to do something else. I don't know what it's going to be. So that night, I remember I went home. I think I had like a little HP laptop. It was my working laptop. And I talked, I talked in how to make money online. And I was just sifting through all the stuff. And of course, you come across like spam, junk, and crap. And I came across this program that was just affordable and looked pretty like good and cool. It's not around anymore. And like, I don't really support the company owner anymore. So I'm not going to share the name of it. But it was basically, it wasn't really well built, but there was mindset stuff cooked into the course and so that was what really helped to shift and then the owner of the program he sent out an email and happened to be coming to seattle in like a couple of weeks so he was saying he's coming to seattle he's going to do a little mastermind there's going to be tacos and drinks and you bring something you want to work on in your business and then like we'll all mastermind together and i was like ooh tacos But. I was like, I feel like I need help with this because I'm not really making progress in the program like I want to. And the it was like a white man who put it together. So there were things in there that he was like recommending to do, like go drive your car around and do this. And I was like, I've been taking the bus for years. Like I don't even have a car at this point. Like there are things that I physically just can't do. And they're not considering people of like other just income statuses and stuff. There's always like this class assumption you know when you go into a lot of these programs and so I, I signed up I paid my hundred bucks and I was like whatever I'm just gonna go check it out and I remember the day I was going I was taking the bus and I was on the phone with my boyfriend at the time and I was like I'm just gonna turn around like I'm terrified I'm nervous it's gonna be weird and he goes well you're almost there just go check in and if you hate it you can leave but at least like go so you don't wonder I went, they gave us alcohol and ended up being fine. And I got my first three virtual assistant clients there just from going to the event. So I immediately went from making 16 an hour up for a $20 an hour raise to 25 an hour, just from Mm -hmm. spending a hundred bucks to like invest in myself and just be open to the opportunity. I wasn't like, oh, you know, what if this doesn't work or what am I going to get my money's worth? I was like, I'm just going to go check it out. And if I can go and if there's one thing I learn or can take away, that'll be worth it for me. I'm not looking for like a solution for a hundred dollars around six other people, you know? Um, so I got, you know, and I was doing little things like calendar, uh, management, inbox, management, random tasks and stuff. And I found that, It wasn't that I was like extraordinary at doing those things at all by any means, but I was reliable and I communicated. So if I was stuck, I would let them know I did what I said I would do when I said I would do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I checked in, you know, each day like I was supposed to. And with those like and I put effort in like I tried, you know, I tried and. Those few little things, like things just started to take off because if you can be reliable and communicate and do what you say you're going to do when you do it, or at least communicate like, Hey, I'm stuck or behind. Here's some solutions for me to move forward. What do you think? People don't care how good you are at things. You know, you can always skill up, but there's certain things that you just don't get or don't value. And those things, like if you have that, it becomes so much more easier to refer you and work with you because you have good character instead of you know people will will, there's more weight on character than your skills in this industry at least
0: wow wow (laughs) can we pause there because like hold on first of all one of my biggest takeaways so far is just the fact that there's so much weight on character because as you were speaking it made me think like, yeah, that also shows you're trustworthy. Like I can trust you with my shit. Like, cause that is so big. Like if I can't trust you, what are we doing?
1: Yeah. Especially with someone's business and they've been any amount of business. I feel like because when you have a business or a side hustle or whatever, I don't like side hustle. Like this is your company, no matter what size it is. It's a company. It's not your little business. And you're not a freelancer, like you're really a CEO. And that's like the shift that we do, part of the shift that we do in the program. But, you know, people invest their time and their resources and like they care about their business. And when you can show people that you care also, they're going to respect that. They're going to appreciate that. They should, at least if not, you know, dip. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't hang Butter. around. But, you know, like on my team, like I tell them like, you're not going to get fired over a mistake, right? Like, we'll just fix it. It happens. It happens. I'm still very involved and I make and make mistakes and I break our automations all the time. And even with our clients I tell them I'm I'm teaching you guys automations or teaching y'all automations, but I'm going to break things. So you might get emails you're not supposed to get and it's okay. It's going to be okay. If you're confused or worried just reply to the email. We'll take care of you. But assume I broke something and it's fine. And I think taking the pressure off of mistakes and instead of just working them into our company values, like mistakes are encouraged, make mistakes, we'll learn, we'll fix them, but don't make that mistake again. <laughs> right. That's right. the we to it. But it just gives like the whole team freedom and takes like the stress and the pressure off the business because like, I don't want to be stressed out by this business. I don't want to be stressed out by this team. Like, I don't want any of that shit. Like, I want to come in. Let's do what we need to do and go home. You don't need to stay here all day. They don't work all the hours that I pay them for. And I don't care. I don't care. Like, is this shit done? Perfect. Great. Go live your life and be happy and turn off the computer and go live and have fun. And again, be happy so that you can come and bring that energy back. Our clients feel it. The team feels it. And we can keep having fun and making money, you know? So that's been my whole thing. And it's like, I don't know. I just got sick of like all the advice that's out there because I feel like it's not for black and women of color. It's not for people who are neurodivergent. Like I have ADHD. Mm -hmm. I manage, I like to say I manage, I manage ADHD, anxiety, depression. I'm a single mom, you know? And so it's just like, I already have enough shit that's on my plate. I don't need this business to add to the stress of that. And I refuse to allow it to.
0: And that's beautiful, like, because it also speaks values, like, honey, you don't have to allow it to add on to all of the stuff that you have going on. Like, you get to be a human outside of everything, and I think that even... (laughs) with the show, that is definitely something that I have taken from just your words and the things that you share. I am signed up for your next workshop. Okay. Like let's get to it. But automation is key. I found that as a mom, I was going crazy.
1: Like girl, hold on. Like, first of all, I can't even remember all this shit, let alone a child, let alone me. Like, did I even eat today? Like, have I had oh, water? Like, I literally have to have a water bottle to remind me to drink water. So there's no way in hell I'm going to add all these business tasks for me to remember to do. Like, absolutely not. It's not going to happen. It's not.
0: Absolutely not. not. So. I love that the mindset piece was big because even the way you approached going into the room and ending up with clients, like a lot of people are in this set mindset of like, what am I going to get for it? Like, I literally had a conversation with someone today. And I was saying, I know that even myself bursting through those barriers looks a little a little different but sometimes you hear people say like okay I'm in this book club with amazing people right I'm in this mastermind with amazing people they say buy this one book it'll change my life you're scared to spend that $15 and invest in that book to invest in yourself but the ROI can look like 200k along the line if you were just coachable and follow directions so like yeah
1: I think what people discount also is that your mistakes and failures and things that didn't work out are more valuable than the things that do work out mm. that's what I get paid for is to help people not make mistakes or to share my mistakes because sure they love the systems and processes but what good is it if you set it up wrong and you turn in your homework for a review and it's not caught <laughs> You know, so it's like, you miss out on experience and moving forward and momentum when you're scared to make mistakes, you're going to make them, you're going to fuck it up, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to do things wrong, you're going to pick the wrong clients, you're going to make bad business decisions, you're going to pick bad coaches, bad courses, bad books, and what, that's going to stop you? (laughs) That's it? Of all the things we have to deal with here in the US, a bad book is going to stop you? Like, You can't read a book and just look for the golden nugget, the one thing, right? Or just like, you know what? That book was ass. Don't ever read that book because now you know a way of, well, if I ever write a book, it'll never be like that. Or if I have a bad experience with a coach or a program, I know everything I don't want to do in my business. Let me go back and make systems or talk to my team to make sure these things never happen in my business. So instead of finding like what's wrong with everything or you know, bracing yourself for the worst. It's a mindset shift and looking for what can I learn from this? What is the one thing I can walk away and learn from this experience? No matter what it is, there's lessons in everything. And I think just, especially if you're an entrepreneur, get used to shit, not working out, get used to it. Like that's what we do. And just the the longer you're in business, the, the little bit easier it becomes to deal with it, but get used to it. You know, it's like, all right, how soon can I fail and fuck this up so I can get over the hump and get to the good part of it? Because I know the good part is over the fuck up, but I got to fuck it up first, you know? And, you know, again, you can monetize your failure. Like, what do you think consulting is? (laughs) (laughs) My mind just said, like... no, I like, I don't want to work with somebody who does everything right. Cause you're playing it safe. And I've probably done what you've done. If I'm coming to you for consulting, So like, I want to know, like, what were the, like the failures, the launches that didn't work, you know, last six months of last year, most of our launches didn't do well. And if I look back at why I also have the mindset that everything that happens in the business or with my team or whatever is my responsibility because it's a reflection of my leadership and my coaching in the company. So if something messes up, something goes out that wasn't supposed to go out, I didn't I might not have sent it, I might not have published it, but it's my responsibility. My name is on it. I hired that person and I didn't give them everything they needed to make sure that that job was done well. Right? And so when you start to just say like, you know what? It's on me. It's my responsibility. I take full responsibility for it. You start just you start to see things shift and you start to feel less like, you know, oh, everyone's against me. Nothing ever goes right. It's no, I'm I'm an entrepreneur and I solve problems. That's all I do is I solve problems. I help people solve problems. And whatever your tools are, my tools for helping people solve, solve problems are coaching, right? That's what I love to do. I love to talk and hear what you got going on, break it down, give you the mindset shift. So you're like, oh shit, I've been tripping. I can absolutely do this. And then you go and you know do your thing, right? And it looks different for everyone and it changes and it evolves, you know, every three or so years I get like sick of what I'm doing and it has to shift and change. And that's okay too. Like there are no rules and laws when it comes to your evolution and your growth. And you don't have to do what I, I'm like, I'm not a VA anymore. I haven't touched that stuff in like four or five years, you know, and it served me very, very well, it helped me get my start. And then I got sick of it. And I moved on to something else. And now here we are talking to one another on your podcast.
0: I love it so much because it is honoring the journey, you know, like it's a journey. It's a process. It's okay. It is literally okay. Like there's nothing else to say because it's okay. That's it. So how did you move from being a VA into allergic to hourly like how was it born what does that look like
1: so I went from being a VA to like just kind of getting tired of being a VA because I couldn't plan out my like time and I got I was I got pregnant with my son in 2015 yeah, because it was Valentine's Day weekend. And then I had him in November. <laughs> yeah, drink too much. And- <laughs> Hi, Silas. <laughs> um, Had him in November. And then with, you know, babies are unpredictable and they don't give a shit about your schedule, your bills, nothing. So I quickly realized that not only who I used to be, but how I used to do things and what my business looked like were completely different now. And so it's like having three different identity crises, right? Like you're, you're a new mom. You are grieving the old you and how your old life used to be. And then your business like doesn't work how you had it. At least for me, that was my experience. And I got like super depressed, but I had to like start looking at, well, what does my business need to look like? Because. I can't leave this little baby like with strangers. And I also didn't realize that there's a wait list for daycare. That's like one to two years, you know, at least in the area I lived, it was crazy. So I was like, all right, so I got to stay home with the baby. I got to keep making money. What am I going to do? And I shifted and got really specific and specialized in launch management because that's what I was really doing anyway. That's where I excelled. I was really good at it. That's where I learned a lot of the project management skills that I have was managing these uh, launches. I did that for a while, got burnt out. 2018, I you know just burned everything down, sold the business as far as like my client list, my wait list, and then I started looking for a job. That's how over it I was. I started looking for a job. I got on Twitter. I started you know just having conversations with tech Twitter. I uh, somehow came across uh, Paris Chandler of black tech pipeline mm-hmm. and I, I tweeted something to her that she replied to and it went viral and that like both of our accounts really surged at that point. Right. So it was like, that's how, like, that's part of how black tech Twitter started. She went off and like, you know, did her thing and grew that. And I was like, well, you know, while I'm like figuring out what I want to do, I was like relearning how to code. I could code a little bit before that, just out of interest over the years. Um, But I was like practicing, like learning how to code and just experimenting and see what could happen and looking, you know, for a job that made sense. And while I was doing that, I was like, well, I've never like I never built an audience before for myself. Let me see what I can do, right? Like the account has a little bit of traction. Let me see what I can do. And so I just started going off with content. I was like, you know, for the next year, I'm gonna post as much good content as I want because all this advice on Twitter sucks and it's not telling anybody how to really do anything. It's like so fluff and bullshit. So I'm gonna te- I'm gonna break the rules. I'm gonna teach people how to do some shit with my free content. So I did that and I went off and I didn't care about a follower, an engagement, a comment, an email sign up, a dollar, nothing. I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to go off, do my best and see what happens in a year. Well, people started asking if I did consults and I was like, consult calls and they gained traction. I think I did over a hundred at one point. And I started to see patterns. Yeah. You know, I was willing to just go the extra mile and see because I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what people need help with. So let me just talk to people. And, you know, I would be straight up like, look, these are the things I might be able to help you with. But if I don't know, I'll tell you, you know, if I can't help you, I'll tell you. And they're like, cool. Um, And then I started to notice patterns of what people were asking me, what advice I was giving them, and then what tools and things I was, and resources I was recommending to them. You, know, you talk to a hundred people and you start to see, you know, you start to realize like I'm repeating myself. Yeah. And then I, I I stopped the free ones, I did paid consults, and those, you know, went busy. I did 30 days of threads. I was just trying yeah. all this different shit, but I always stayed consistent. There was always something I was doing. So like the delivery was different, but I was always still being consistent with showing up and really providing value through teaching how to do things. Mm-hmm. um then I then people kept asking me like do you coach like these concert consult calls are cool but like I want to work with you over time and I was like nah I don't want to coach like coaching is corny I hate it you know <laughs> I I was was the biggest hater and I was like I'll never coach like that's not for me you know I kept getting asked kept getting asked and then uh, um I think I had like launched PMAC The project management course and that took off. That whole thing is like its own crazy story in itself. But you know, (laughs) did PMAC. That went really well. People kept bug, like literally bugging me to coach. So I was like, fuck it, fine. I'll open up a few spots. You know, first come, first serve. This, I don't know what it's gonna look like, but it'll be like a great price since you know it's something new and we'll just work together for the next three months. We'll meet once a week. Sold out wasn't even open a week. Like, took a couple oh. days out and I was like, "All right, cool." Uh did that. That went well and then opened up another round of coaching over the summer, sold out. People kept hitting me up so I opened up more space in my calendar. And I was doing like 30 to 40 hours a week of just coaching calls for like a good 4 months and I was like, "I like the coaching." I like the coaching, right? I like talking to people and helping them, but I can't take any more clients. Like this is, I can't take any more clients. This is crazy. I don't want to be on the phone this long. Like I don't even like to talk that much. So, (laughs) so I was like, all right. Again, I did that thing where I was, I made a decision and I didn't worry how it was going to get done. I was like, I like coaching, but I don't want to do it in this way anymore. I don't want to do one-on-one. So I need to figure out something else, but I'm going to do something else. I have a random conversation with a business friend I haven't talked to in years. She tells me about her coach, Mariah Cause, who has a group coaching program where she teaches you how to put together a group coaching program. I sign up, I stop, I close all my programs, everything marketing for like two months. I take a revenue hit, I put it together. And that is how Allergic to Hourly came about. It was a combination of being exhausted from one on one, but from the free consults to the paid consults to the rounds of one on one, I had worked with enough people where I felt confident. Okay. At least from like my freelancers, coaches, and consultants, I knew that's who like I, I had my little space with. But I was like, okay, I know what they need help with. They need to specialize, they need to systemize, and then they need to productize. You don't build the course first, you don't build all the products, you do do these things in this order built out. I didn't even fully build out allergic to hourly. I just said, look, Mm. you want to work with me? Here's how join this wait list. I'm doing a group program. I'll release, uh, I'll email you details when it's ready. Here's the rough outline of what we're going to do. You'll have beta pricing, but I'm going to deliver this live and it's going to be clunky and messy, but you'll probably get the most time. You'll probably get the most time with me that'll ever be available. And you get to see me build it live. We'll build it together. And it's the lowest it'll ever be. Girl, (laughs) 40 people signed up the first week of the program. And I was like, holy shit, what the fuck? I was like, I'll be happy if 10 people sign up. 40 people signed up. So overnight, my business again, shifts. Cause now I have 40 clients to worry about. I have to build out this program. I'm still, I haven't closed the cart. I still got to launch the rest of the thing. And it was just, it was wild. And there was a time like a good, I would say like five months where I was busy. I was doing calls on Tuesday. I was doing the training call Tuesday, editing that Wednesday coaching call Thursday, working on the future content, like, okay, this is the idea that I had in the curriculum, the outline I sold, but like, I need to flesh it out, put together the docs, practice, get the templates together, prep that over the weekend on top of all the other business stuff I had to do still launching and everything. So it really wasn't until like January, February of what year are we in now? So that was 2020. So January, February, 2021, where things like got to an even keel where I was like, Okay. (laughs) We're delivered. We're good. We have our flow. Things are working. I've added in some automations, got some help. And once things like balanced out, that's when I realized like this, this, this is the thing I want to triple down on. I love coaching. I love the format. I don't have to teach on coaching calls anymore. It's all in there for them to go to. I can just focus now or redirect them to like, well, we, we go over this in this lesson. So go do that and then come back and then we'll, you know, we'll go, we'll coach through it, but you need to do something, you know, you you need to use what you paid for. And yeah, I feel like it's, it's been a crazy journey, first of all, but ATH turned into something that I didn't expect it could be, it would ever be, you know, what it's grown into be. And I think we have something really like special and precious. And it's, you know, I would say it's like the thing I'm most proud of in this whole journey of everything. Wow. Wow. Like all I can say is, wow, that is so
0: amazing. And it just also shows. How amazing you are. And I love that it was like, I'm just going to show up as my authentic self. I'm going to do this. If you vibe with it, you do. If you don't, fuck it. And we're going to see what this is. And it turned into something amazing. That's yeah. beautiful.
1: I think allowing people to see me be imperfect, you know, because I don't always get it right. I say stupid shit sometimes. I do stupid shit all the time, you know. Um, And so I think of just allowing people to see me be imperfect, to see me learn and to grow, you know, from different experiences and stuff. It almost like it makes it okay for others to just be human as well. Mm -hmm. And to like, I don't expect perfection. I tell people all the time, like, you're going to see typos in my emails because I have ADHD. So I proofread it, but I literally don't see the errors until I send the shit. And for some reason, Google Docs doesn't either, you know? <laughs> so I did my best, but, you know, like, but I also don't expect that type of perfection from anybody else. I expect effort and communication, you know? I'd rather have that than perfection. And then I never, you know, see anything come through because it's like with content, I'll publish imperfect content all the time because I'd rather have a bunch of imperfect content out there that invites people into my world than a bunch of content I'm perfecting that no one's ever seen. Mm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, that is a killer. Like, if you wait until you feel like the time is right or it's perfect, that shit may never come. Like, it will never come. You'll always find something wrong.
1: And I would rather perfect based off of feedback from the people who work with me or who I want to work with me than perfecting what's in my head because I'm not the right client for ATH. I've done that stuff. Mm -hmm. No, I'm, I moved past even that like business model and type of work. So what am I sitting here doing trying to perfect in my head when it, this shit ain't even for me, (laughs) Oh, let me get it out there, get feedback and then perfect based off of the feedback for the people who I, it needs to reach and land.
0: Exactly. So as the episode comes to an end, I want to say thank you for coming on the Faceted show. And what is one piece of advice for a new mom in business?
1: This business shit isn't going anywhere. Your clients, the revenue, the money, the business, it's not going anywhere, but something that I regret and something that I sacrificed unnecessarily was being more present with my son having those memories, taking more pictures, taking more video, just getting out the house and off the laptop and going to go spend more time with him. And, you know, it took me a few years to realize, like, if I don't get this shit together and really prioritize, you know, family time versus like, got to make money, got to make money. And I know it's a hard thing to try to, like, step away from because the bills are the bills. Like, Look, this kid's never going to go hungry. I don't care what happens. As long as I'm alive, he's never going to go hungry. He's never going to want to want or need, you know, his necessities and things, you know, to thrive. But, you know, if we're, like, all right, then I can close the laptop and go hang out with him and go sit with him. But I realized like, shit, he, his memories are going to be of me hunched over a laptop or my face in my phone or me constantly telling him, like, hold on, hold on after this email. And then he falls asleep. And I didn't even get to say good night or tuck him in. Like that just became unacceptable for me. I didn't want him to have those memories. And I still fuck it up, right? There are still nights where he goes to sleep <laughs> before I realize, you know, damn, it's been like four hours, <laughs> you need to go <laughs> mom, you know, but again, it's not about perfection. It's, you know, doing my best and just having deciding those are boundaries and coming back to them when I'm out of alignment, you know, like having that roadmap to say, okay, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel good. Where do I need to be? Okay. These are the commitments, the agreements that I made with myself and how I want to show up as a mother. And also the way you, the way you want to show up as a mother is fine. It doesn't need to look like anybody else's the way that they want to show up, the way they do anything, You know, I tune out all advice I didn't ask for, especially if you're not helping me pay these taxes, these bills or watch this child. I don't care. You do what you got to do. If I if I want to know, I'll ask you. But, you know, I'm like, I'm not the Pinterest mom. I'm not going to be the mom bringing cookies to the PTA. I'll write the check, you know, (laughs) I'll write the check, you know, I'll show up to my kid. But all that other extra shit, like unless he asks, like, no, I'm not like I don't want to do that. And it's okay to want to do things or not want to do things, but especially like the black mothers out there, there's already so much stress and just guilt around existing and then being a mother. And then if you're a single mother, there's so much shit around that to deal with. So it's like, you don't fuck it. Don't make it harder for yourself. You know, like fuck the rules. They don't apply to any of us anyway. You know, they, they weren't built for us anyway and just do what you want do what you got to do and make it fun and easy but you know remember to close that laptop and put that phone down and just you know go hang out with your babies
0: oh my gosh thank you so much for coming on to the my my my, my show it was a pleasure having
1: you thank you so much for having me i appreciate you